Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 809. Don't ever buy a car that you don't love. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Camilo Pardo. Camilo, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I've been buckled up in the seat for as long as I can remember. <laughs> there you go. Camilo Pardo is an automotive designer and artist who lives in Detroit, Michigan. After graduating from design school, he was hired by Ford Design Center, where he worked in the Dearborn Advanced Studios. He also worked in Ford of Europe in Torino. Italy Studio and the Design Studios in Cologne, Germany. And as chief designer of the Ford GT and SVT Studio, Camilo and his team worked on the 2005 and 2006 production of the iconic Ford GT. Today, he has his own studios in Detroit and Los Angeles, where he draws and paints both automotive and fashion-themed artwork. Camilo has hosted the Detroit Autos Designers Night, an internationally recognized event, attended by the top automotive personnel and designers from around the world. So, Camilo, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Before we get into the questions, would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your incredible career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, I mean, I was young in the 60s, so I in the late 60s, but old enough to realize and understand that the vehicles on the street were extremely exciting. Things like Mustangs, Fastbacks, Daytonas, Corvettes, Shelbys. All these vehicles were the kind of cars and racing, you know, as the GT40 was out there at the time. These were the kind of cars that made me decide to go into the world of automotive design as a, as a career. Mm-hmm. I went to Center for Creative Studies, uh, which is now called College for Creative Studies, and it's a uh, it's, uh, internationally well-known school for uh, automotive design here in Detroit, uh, competitive with the one in Pasadena and California Arts Center. Mm -hmm. Graduated from there, always keeping fine art involved because I grew up as a fine artist. You know, I was a painter. I come from a family of architects and my mother painted a lot. So um, fine art was a foundation for my art. And then uh, automotive uh, design was something that I was extremely interested in. I just combined it, the two. So um, that kind of shaped everything out for the future. But it was uh, it was great, you know, to go to school there. I did an uh, internship in France at Ulliers, uh which helped produce my first concept car in 1986. It was really soon. It was fast. It was something that happened quick. And then... Um, Graduated from CCS and went right into Ford because Ford had the most international program at the time. So I was scheduled to work in, in, um, Italy at Ghia and in Cologne, Germany. And they wanted to send me to England as well. So that was an exciting, an exciting program, you know, to follow through with. 
No doubt. Very cool. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about you, what you did back when the uh, 4GT was being developed, and also what you're doing today, of course, with your artwork. And I'll let our listeners know, I've been familiar with Camilo's art for a long time. We were chatting in our pre-show chat. Back in 2005, I had the pleasure of getting to play with and photograph the first 4GT that was in private hands. It belonged to a gentleman here in the Pacific Northwest, and hanging in his garage was a painting by Camilo. And little did I know back in 2005 that today I'd actually have the the pleasure and honor of talking with him. So it's funny how life brings you back around. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying or mantra that's been important in your life. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Camilo, take the wheel. Well, I mean, when you're designing cars and you're trying to work in something like the advanced concepts, it's always, you know, it's known that you should go, you should reach out way past, you know, the parameters because it's a lot easier to just back up a little bit. Mm. So I just, uh, I use that as a direction to keep in mind. Is that why for those of us who go to car shows and we see these cars of the future, they look so crazy and out there and so far out there. And sometimes we think, why can't they just build that? That's so cool. And other times we see them and go, that's a little crazy, a little wacky. Is that why car designers do that? Are they expressing their their passion and their design skills and pushing it to the limits because of that backup idea that you have that you can always come back from that? Yeah, I mean... When you let them go and you cut the leash, boom. I mean, you just go as hard as you can and you try to reach out into something that, something that'll break the parameters, something that you'll never forget when you see it. That's what designers love to do. I mean, we're futurists. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to go way into the future and try to come up with ideas that nobody have ever thought of and it's a mad race and it's good to have that energy in the studio to go reaching beyond the parameters now um even the vehicles that you do see at the auto show that may seem a little bit out there and a little bit beyond what you might imagine they have probably been reeled in a little bit from what the designers were trying to do you know, inside the studio. And they said, okay, well, great. You know, this is all amazing, but let's back up just a little bit. And the same direction applies to production. It's good to go past the edge and, um, and come back because it's not a good idea to be conservative and then later try to push it a little bit harder. Right. The energy's better if you just go for it hard right at the beginning. And you do have to keep the domestic viewer in mind. I don't know how else to describe it, but the normal people, mm-hmm. uh, the people that are living here today in this year, because um, if you go way too far, you'll puzzle them. You know, they'll, you know, unless you're, they're watching a movie or something of, of some future or whatever, and they're kind of braced to see it. But if you're, going to deliver something at an auto show, you kind of like want to keep it within the range that they'll understand it. Sure. Maybe it's fun, you know, sometimes to go past them understanding. I've seen some auto show stuff that, um, even way, way back in the, um, late sixties, even, uh, that, that pushed it beyond 
I mean, those cars would still look futuristic today. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely something that is, is fantastic, you know, to see when the design is really looking for the most advanced, advanced, uh, solution that you could possibly deliver. Absolutely. Oh, it's so fun for those of us who love cars to go see these imaginative ideas and designs and think, well, what if, what if they build that? And the great thing is nowadays, some of these great cars are being built and the design features have been pushed really, really far out there. So very cool. Well, let's go back in time. You touched on this at the beginning of growing up as a young man and having a passion for cars. And I know you've been drawing since forever and growing up in an artistic family, a family where there's architects. My father was an architect. So I understand that. But could you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment when you look back on your life that you realize that you were going to be a car guy, a designer? There is one story that was that sticks with me, and it's really kind of interesting. And you could tell that I was doomed for the area <laughs> right away. <laughs> I used to live in New York City when I was growing up. I grew up in uh, Queens. I'm from Manhattan. And every every year they take all the kids to the Bronx Zoo. That was the one of the annual trips. You all get on the bus and go to the Bronx Zoo. So I was going to the Bronx Zoo and I got passed by a blue Daytona. It was either a Daytona or a Superbird. You know what that Daytona? It's got the huge wing in the back and it's got a point in the front. Oh yeah, the Superbird. Yeah, yeah. It's usually grabber blue or you know competition orange. You know, it's something that you'll definitely will not. You know, Forget. it won't get around you. Yeah. So when we came back, our instructor, our teacher said, "Look, you guys, I want you guys to draw something you saw at the zoo." <laughs> I see and where we're adding <laughs> I drew this super bird, you know, so it's, it's this car, you know, with a giant wing, like an airplane on the back and a pointy nose. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's actually kind of easy to draw, especially like in the side view. Sure. And, uh, I drew that in this electric blue and she goes, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Were you in the parking lot of the zoo? <laughs> <laughs> No, I said, I saw that on the way to the zoo. Yeah. And she looked at me like impossible. Yeah. Like, no way. You didn't see that on the way to the zoo. <laughs> so anyways, so I said, forget the monkeys and the giraffes and everything. I'm going to draw this car. Uh, that is an, that's probably one of the best stories to that question I've heard. I love that. That's absolutely brilliant. Love it. Well, Camila, what I want to do is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down, and you've been down many roads, and talk about a, a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But of course, the most important part of this is how did you overcome that situation, and what did it teach you? Roads. I was already thinking of pavement, like <laughs> uh, the drive from Torino to Monaco, <laughs> but but a road like uh, you know, like you know. Okay, the other road, life uh, yeah. road. The, yeah. <laughs> life yeah. road. Yeah, this is the one with potholes. This is the one with potholes. Okay, what has been challenging? A lot of things have been challenging. I don't know. Um, usually, you know, when you're working under a corporate structure and your responsibility falls you know, with a, with a deadline and a vehicle, this is the daily matter. Let's say 
it's a concept car for the auto show. And those, those usually get heated up because the timing is more compressed and the budget is like locked in. And basically that's when the water can get real hot and that's when the pressure gets heavy. And then if somebody's going to snap, that's when it's going to happen. So I've been, I can remember situations, you know, where there's a lot going on and we're trying to cram a lot of ideas, you know, all the ideas that we had for this, this concept into physically into the car. And of course, these days, a lot of these concept cars are outsourced because maybe the design center or whatever you're working with can't contain all the projects. So you get sent out to some guy that's excited and it's his place or he's the, um, the guy that runs the facility. So once he signs the contract and he's responsible for making sure that this thing is nice and shiny by this date and is ready to be shipped to the auto show. And as you get two thirds into it, and you start realizing that while well, we're, we are running out of time and there's still a lot to do, the pressure builds up. And when something doesn't line up completely, it'll, they'll go off. You'll find the spot. You'll find the, the weak spot. You'll find the spot where somebody will go off and, and, and just kind of freak out. And a lot of times, when this happens, all the arrows, the safest thing for a lot of people is to aim it right at the designer. Oh, of course. And, and, and you're sitting there and you have to just keep it together. You know, you have to collect all the pieces, add it up, look at the score. Does it fit? And if it doesn't fit, you have to start simplifying and organizing it. And you have to do this all this very calm and collective, especially if everyone's going off like fireworks. I remember when the first time that happened to me, and I was alone because my boss wasn't there, our director wasn't there, nobody was there, it was just me and the whole crew and their boss. Yeah. And I just watched them all like go into a meltdown. And I was like, you know what? They're worried so much they're worried enough for me them and everyone else down the street so i said well the worry factor's covered yeah i don't need to jump into that pool (laughs) (laughs) now it's time for somebody to be chill and come up with a solution yeah and um it was an interesting experience and it was an eye-opener And I just went in and started abbreviating without sacrificing or putting minimalistic sacrifice into the visual part or the uh, overall objective. Mm -hmm. And we got it done. We got it done. And uh, they look good and we look good. And we just had to hold it together. And I've been in that situation a few times. But once you're in it one really good time, you know, you're, um, you're branded. Yeah. You're like annealed 
like metal. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, yeah, great analogy. You know, it's a wonderful story you took us down there. And I, I take it from talking with you is you're, you seem to be somewhat of a laid back guy and a relaxed person. Maybe that's just the state you're in now because when you're in that chaos of designing a car, that's another world. I think you're right when uh, everything is falling up down around you to just jump in and yell fire along with everyone else doesn't seem to solve the problem. You've got to take a step back and go, okay, I love the way you said there's enough uh, craziness for everybody in the guys down the street, too. So let's not add to that. So uh, awesome story. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what you call or I call a career aha moment. It's one of those times in your career when you realize here's a new path I need to head down. So tell us about one of your aha moments. Well, when it was time for me, like, to change gears or something? Yeah, yeah, maybe, because you've gone from, uh, you mentioned working in the corporate world, a car designer, and now you're an artist painting, and I'm sure you do commissions, and you do your own work, and so forth. That's a big switch. That was a big, I think, maybe an aha moment, if that's one you want to share, in your life when you decided to head down a new path. Well, there was a moment. I mean, if you're an automotive designer... And you're like the normal, predictable, whatever kind of guy that was going through the design world in the 80s, at least being introduced to it. Basically, you want to be an exterior designer and you want to design uh, a car that was basically like a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. That was the mission in life. That was our goal. That we were focused. You know, it was like astronauts trying to make it to the moon. Right. That's what we wanted to do. And to do interior design was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. That'll come along. You know, you do it when you need to. I mean, I did spend um, a handful of years doing interior design at Ford. I made the best of it. You know, we tried to make uh, interiors as, as dynamic as possible. And it's hard for you to remember if you think back, oh, my God, this car is famous and will never be forgotten for this interior design. Right. That is not something that sticks with you like crazy. You know what I mean? Sure. So um, I learned a lot in, uh, in interior because I like fashion. I, uh, I know and I know how to design, make patterns. You know, I love, I mean, that would be one thing that if I didn't do automotive design, I would love to do fashion design. Ah. Interesting. It's, it's hard to escape the fact that the girls are absolutely beautiful. <laughs> well, yes, there's that. Okay, so outside of cars, that's the other thing that's great in life. <laughs> <laughs> there you so, go. I won't disagree. Uh, so um, I learned much more about sewing and patterns, and it wasn't until I think I was in interior design that I started designing my own patterns and doing runway shows. Oh, wow. You know, so yeah. that is, I approached it just like a car. You know, I, I would get the girl, you know, in my studio and I would tape her. I use tape on her just like we use tape to, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know that, but a lot of the cars are designed full size with tape lines. You oh, put yes. tape on the surface and you, you, you control your, your character lines with, with tape that way you can peel it off and do it again please yeah. peel it off and do it again yeah. so i applied all my knowledge of automotive design under the surface of girl 
And this all came through, you know, obviously with exterior design, but um, with interior design as well. Because you have to design, you know, the the patterns that are going to go on the seats and, and many times on the instrument panel everywhere. Right. The whole interior, if it's covered with leather, they're going to res- they're going to expect you to work out the pattern with the trim shop and think about whether the fact that this thing's going to be built once for a concept car or it's going to be built a million times for production. Sure. And there's certain things you can do for a concept car that you can't do for production several times. Right. Because it would just uh, drive the budget right out of the, you know, whatever. Sure. So interior design helped me with that a lot. It reflected right into my fashion design, which I love and I do every year. And now I work with uh, Alcantara. Alcantara sponsors my designer's night party. Okay. And they're from Milan, and they do all the synthetic suede that you'll see from a, a Lamborghini to a Ford GT to probably a Volvo. Yep. Which I'm not saying Volvo is like a bookend of like whatever, but that's the most domestic. It's a very domestic car. So we got the most advanced exotics to the domestic vehicles. I think you will find Alcantara in there. So Alcantara helps me with fabric that I do a couple pieces for my party, a couple fashion pieces. Wow. You've taken us down a really interesting path here, and I've got Alcantara on the steering wheel of my uh, E46 M3, and it's on some other components in that car. I'm very familiar with that material, but I love this whole concept, and I'll remind our listeners, I will put a link to Camilo's website on his show notes page at the Carja website. I would encourage you to go there. You'll see some of these designs, the fashion designs that he's worked on and clothing design as well in the fashion world that I find really, really fascinating that that's another element. Plus, you brought it into your painting as well, which is also very cool. Well, Camille, we're going to take a short break. And before we learn more about you and the Ford GT project, let's say thank you to today's Carja sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun! Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable. 
even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Well, I would assume you've had many proud moments in your career over the years, but is there one that stands out for you that you would share? Well, nothing covers it better than like when we unveiled the Ford GT concept car in 2002. No kidding. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Tell us about that. Well, like I said, we had a mission. And it's it's interesting. There's, there's one thing that I have to add because today's young designers – the kids are are very different than from the ones in the eighties. See, the eighties is such a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> it was like Scary. the fifties when I was in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, I know. Now the fifties are a million years ago, but um, you know, James Dean and his spider and all that was like fifties when we were in the eighties. It's oh yeah, thirty years ago. Oh, my God, that's so long ago. Now the eighties are more than thirty years ago. Ah, uh, yeah. So anyways, from then, the ultimate cars was like the Countach, the 512, P4. You know, it was, that was it. That was the mission. That was our goal. It was do or die. Mm-hmm. Now, today's kids are, they are designing cars that are more autonomous. And, and uh, they're into... I don't know. They're into different shapes. Things don't have to be low and wide. Right. That is not the solution. That was the solution for us. Now they're, they can be tall and whatever and, you know, whatever. That, that addresses that this era. You know, that's why vehicles like the Scion are out there, right? Right. Yes. Okay. So, but when we delivered that Ford GT or the GT40 because we had the name GT40 then in 2002 and you know we're there with Carol Shelby, Bondurant, Jackie Stewart, Bill Hill. I mean the the gamma of the great drivers and you know and the people that gave us the cars that were tremendous and basically we had a green light you know it was given to us in 1999 it says, um, Camillo, you're going to head up the GT40 concept car. Or the, it was not even a concept car. It was a production car. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, you're going to be on that team. And I'm like, really? Oh, my God. You must have wanted to pinch yourself. Am I still? Is this real? Yeah. Well, I was on the GT90. Okay. Five, you know, 10 years or almost 10 years before. Mm-hmm. It was 95. And then there was another car that I was on as soon as I graduated and when I was hired in, there was a mid-engine car. So this was my third mid-engine project. 
which is unheard of at Ford because they were like they were the sedan station wagon specialists of the world, right? With right. the Taurus at the moment, to be working on mid-engine cars in that kind of company and environment was not normal. I mean, it wasn't Pinafarina. So we get the project, and this is what we've always wanted. You couldn't have anything better than this. We were out to outperform Ferrari, in not only in performance, but obviously aesthetically. It had to knock them out of the park in every, uh, you know, in every way. And for the auto show, well, we didn't have the engineering support to really test the car. And that first concept car was governed down to like 35 miles an hour. Oh, no I mean, it, was, wow. it would go fast enough to um, do a video. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, you know, months and, or years or whatever of testing of suspension, transmission, and drivetrain and all that, and frame and structure. We were doing a concept car in seven or eight months. Wow. I don't know, maybe six. I don't know. But we did have a long time to work on the clay. Mm-hmm. So we tuned the clay until we were satisfied. There was never one angle on that car that we compromised. Because a lot of times when you don't have time, it's, it is, that's good enough. Let's move along. We've got more, uh, we got bigger fish to fry, blah, blah. Right. But, um, that car got all the service and all the care in every angle, in every view from a hundred feet to 10 feet, we massaged it and tuned it like a piano until we felt solid. There was the day, I remember, when we had, because we always had a GT40 in the studio, an original one. Okay. And during reviews, we'd have the latest Ferrari, which was the Modena. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd put them outside. Okay, there's the original GT40. There's our new concept, and then there is the competitor right there. It was hard, I mean, because the original GT40 looked incredible. It was a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. It was aggressive. It was mean. It was like a fighter plane. It was pretty much aesthetics only because of purpose. It all just worked out well. And then there's the latest Ferrari that looked like a raging bull. I mean, it it had large shoulders, and it looked like it was going to tear you up. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, there was our car. And one day we had our car out there and it made, you know, after many reviews and a lot of clay moving for, you know, whatever years we put into it, it made the original car look old. Mm. It made it look vintage. And it made the Ferrari look chubby. (laughs) Our car looked leaner, lighter, and more efficient. Like a cat, yeah, or like a cheetah to like a a tiger. You know, the tiger's kind of heavy, and the cheetah looks like it'll just take off. Right. So our car had it, and I was I looked at it. We all looked at it, and I was like, "We got it. This is it. Bring it in, and now we can now we can cast it. Now we can make a concept car." So when it rolled out, we were very confident. We were happy that it would hit right on target and it was it the 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 production car had been removed from the program because of a lot of 
terrible things that were going on during those days with 9-11 and the Firestone problem, the Explorer. And uh, I don't know if people remember all that, but it was just not a good time to celebrate with a race car. But they said, Camillo, just finish finish the concept car because we've committed and then we'll move along. And uh, that car rolled out and it was so emotional. I mean, it hit a nerve. And that's basically the designer's dream. It, it, um, from, you know, from the group of people that I had gone to school with is that you wanted to have the opportunity to deliver a beautiful, sexy, high performance car and get it right. It rolled out on stage. It was, you know, all the people that put together the video behind it and the music and right. everything and and all the, the history of the guys walked out on stage with Bill Ford and it was a serious impact. And it was that kind of delivery that just propelled the vehicle into production. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. So everything lined up. It was like a line drive that went right over the fence. No arc, nothing. It just shot and hit right on target. And, um, we were asked, you know, can you guys really do this? Can you do this car for 2003? Oh, the Centennial was coming too. And, uh, Bill Ford needed a, um, like a feature vehicle. Mm-hmm. And this was perfect. Yeah. So, you know, he wow. asked our, our engineering crew, can you guys really build this? Obviously, they're going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. And so like, you have 15 months. Can you do it in 15 months and have, um, uh, um, attract, you know, a production a representative vehicle for people to actually drive. And, you know, they said yes. Oh, well, if you ask them, of course they're going to say yes, but it means that they're going to go back to work and never go home and work day and night until they get it right. Yeah, yeah. And we did. Yeah. Wow. You guys, you did hit it out of the park with that one. Absolutely. What a wonderful story. Wow. Well, Camilla, I'm having so much fun. I think what I'd like to do with this show here is make a second show with you and continue our conversation at the next Cars Yeah show. So listeners out there, make sure you tune in to show number 810, where we'll continue our conversation about cars, design, fashion, and a lot, lot more. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.